0: This episode of Talk Central is brought to you by Pinnacle, Africa's top ICT distribution business, delivering the exceptional every time.
1: I'm Richard van der Berg.
0: And I'm Duncan Macleod.
1: This is Talk Central, episode 228, for the week starting 29 July 2018.
0: Talk Central is brought to you by Tech Central. You can WhatsApp the show on 071-999-1111. On
1: Talk Central this week, tap and go payments as Samsung Payneers launch, finally.
0: Also this week, Cell C fires a salvo at MTN over WhatsApp, rumors of new Samsung phones, uh, and uh, Apple wants you to charge your phone wirelessly with your MacBook.
1: Nice. It's Sunday. It's 1 p.m. We're live on live.techcentral.za, and it's time to talk everything tech. <laughs>
0: Well, welcome to the show. How's it, Richard? How's it, Duncan? And welcome to all our live listeners on live.techcentral.co.za. Just a reminder, you can WhatsApp the show 071 and we will take your WhatsApps live on air. Um, yeah, it's uh, been a quite a busy week. Uh, winter is drawing to a close, finally. Finally. Uh, finally. It's starting to warm up a bit here in Joburg. Um, and lots of hot news to talk about this week. Um, but before we get into it all, let's do our quiz.
1: The first question, which bank has said it will allow customers to trial Samsung Pay in South Africa ahead of its commercial launch?
0: Intel shares fell sharply this week after it delayed the introduction of what?
1: Third question, the shares of two social media companies took a battering this week over fears about their ability to continue to grow user numbers.
0: And the fourth question, Eltron this week concluded the sale of which legacy business?
1: And the final question, what exciting discovery was made on Mars this week? And it's a pretty big
0: one. It's a big one indeed. We'll get to the answers to the questions and the quiz at the end of the show as always. But, um, Rechard, let's jump, into, uh, let's jump into this week's news. And Samsung Pay is coming to South Africa finally. It's been, uh, it's been in the works for a long time. I, um, mm. I remember uh, first writing about this, uh, I think it must have been at least two years ago, and they um, initially promised it would be here in the first quarter of 2017 Uh, that was delayed until the third quarter of 2017 uh, meant to coincide with the introduction of the galaxy note 8. it didn't happen Uh, but samsung now finally appears to be readying its launch i presume in time for the launch of the galaxy note 9 which is happening next month in new york uh, which is their uh, second big flagship announcement of the year, after the Galaxy S nine and S nine Plus announcement uh, towards the beginning of the year, and um, yeah, they are. Um, APSA has announced this week that they are going to be offering their clients early access to Samsung Pay on a sort of test basis, uh, nice, and nice. Um, my guess is that uh, we're going to see the launch at or soon after the launch of the um, of the Note nine, which is happening, I think, on August the ninth, in Brooklyn, in New York. And um, yeah, it's uh, obviously the big second big flagship of the year for for Samsung and their their phablet uh, format device. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, we really now with better battery, better battery, um, bigger screen, <laughs> slightly bigger screen is the rumour. Um, but I think the I think the the Note Nine uh, launch this year will be quite iterative. Uh, certainly mm-hmm. if you look at all the leaks that have been coming out it's um it's not going to be a huge change on uh on previous models the rumor is that that s pen though will have bluetooth in it which will give it additional functionality Yeah, uh, you
1: know, it's getting to a point where you have to ask like what are the guys going to bring out next that really differentiates them from the rest of the pack mm-hmm. i mean we've kind of hit the peak of what a little brick can do right in terms of yeah. Look and feel, and I mean even functionality inside. It's got all the gadgets now. I mean, tap and uh, this kind of payment system is a little additional extra, um, mm. and soon everybody will have it.
0: Yeah, well, I want to talk about um, rumored new Samsung phones for twenty nineteen uh, a bit later in the show. But t- tap and go, this tap and go thing is is quite interesting. Uh, you know, I I, I bank with F and B, and I use uh, tap and pay wherever I go now, um, as long as the transaction amount is less than two hundred rand, uh, which I think is still the limit. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I use it all the time. And, um no, it's fantastic
1: it- to see more and more guys bringing it on.
0: Yeah, and I think the other banks are supporting it as well. Um, you're back mm-hmm. with Nedbank. Do, do they have tap-and-pay cards? I'm sure they do.
1: Yeah, and it works with – I mean tap-and-pay is a standard system, right? So as long as the terminal and the, the bank, the merchant support that chain, you can use any tap-and-pay with any m- merchant device. It doesn't really matter – Yeah. Um, It doesn't really matter what the brand it is you're using, as long as it's got that little little Wi-Fi-looking symbol and that the the, the handheld device supports it.
0: Yeah. I've been trying – I haven't tried too hard, I must uh, concede, but I did try and set up um, tap and pay with my smartphone, um, which is a Galaxy S8, uh, uh, to use at the point of sale, and I couldn't get it to work. Um, I haven't spent an enormous amount of time trying to troubleshoot it, but you're supposed to be able to tap and pay with your phone with FMB and I presume some of the other banks as well. At the point of hmm. sale. But I haven't been able to get it to work. But as you, opposed
1: to using your card, you mean? As, Sorry, as, as opposed a, to using your
0: card. Exactly, yeah. So if you go into settings and you look at payments in, Andro- in Android, um, on my phone, uh, the app has obviously installed this. But if you go into settings and look under, I think it's under NFC or payments. I forget, forget yeah, which. Yeah, I think it's NFC, yeah. Under NFC, it's, it's actually got a payments option and uh, it's set there as F&B, pay. So... Uh, it should work in theory, um, but maybe I just need to put a bit more effort into uh, figuring out why why it's not working. Maybe I'll chat to my friendly local um, Bitcoin ATM spa owner one of these days and find out if, uh, what the reason is for <laughs> it. Uh, but yeah. um, it's uh, it's very it's super convenient. Um, you mm. know, I always carry my wallet with me, but if I could tap and pay with my phone, then you know, there's a good chance I'd leave my wallet at home. Oh, yeah, oh,
1: yeah. I see my option on uh, on this Android uh, only gives me Google Pay
0: google pay that 's interesting, but that 's probably because you haven 't yeah. installed the f and b app on your phone if you install the FNB app no no i 'm
1: not i 'm not an FNB client yeah so, yeah, but my bank my bank app doesn't doesn 't you know, do this it so 's obviously f and b specific yeah
0: yeah yeah I, I suppose it 'll come to all banks eventually um, but yeah I, maybe as an experiment i'll i 'll go up to my local spa oh. and uh, and uh, see if I can get it to to work um, and report back in our next podcast. On, on exactly why it isn 't working or hasn 't been working up to now, <laughs> but um it 's quite exciting tap and go payments. I, I find it super convenient. I know some people are concerned mm. about the security around it um, uh, the The question that i 've had though is um, why would I want to use Samsung Pay if I can use my bank bank specific app to pay you know i 'd probably trust my bank more than I would a cell phone. Manufacturing yeah, yeah To do payments but
1: I think it's all It's it's much It's, it's all the same thing it, I mean when Samsung launches this Obviously there's The specific hardware That goes with it I don't think it's Exactly the same As what uh, Your NFC, uh, your car does Is it Is it the same NFC tech
0: I don't know It is. It does use NFC So I presume It's all very similar If not the same Um, I I mean it should
1: be the same That's why I mean I've always been wondering Why isn't it just standard And make it easy Maybe it's something That needs to be approved For a cell phone For an app to do it Rather than a card based Because a card is verified And authenticated by the the bank That's true uh, When you pick it up Yeah and um, maybe it just needs some additional authentication between, um, you know, your your app and your phone, and, yeah. and and I think a brand like Samsung needs to drive it. Similar with uh, Apple and and the initiatives in the US around this. Mm-hmm. When they launched, I mean, they they rolled out massive. I now mean, everybody's kind of doing it and got it.
0: Yeah, well, I, I must say I'm maybe I've got no reason for for, for thinking this way, but I, I'm I think I'd be more inclined to use my bank's service to do a tap and pay on my mobile phone than to use the mobile phone software. Um, no, i
1: guess it all it all depends on on kind of that opp- opp- uh, opportunity i mean i use um snap scan still a lot um, i use, it, I use time. it every
0: time mm-hmm. over uh, oh Rekha. so times when i see it then uh, yeah oh, can you hear me? oh you disappeared for a minute, but um i think that one gigabit line of yours is starting to get, to get a bit flaky but um yeah maybe <laughs> but yeah it's uh it's yeah it's it's so convenient um there might be security issues. I don't know. I'm not an expert on these things, but uh, I use it all the time. I don't worry about it, um, particularly because mm. there's a there's a daily limit on it as well. So when you when you tap, I think the limit is still set at 200 rand. I think F&B was talking about pushing it up to 500 rand at some point. I don't know if they've done that yet. Mm. Um, but there's so many of these micro payments set- where, where I don't use cash anymore. Where you know, if I was going to buy the newspaper, for example, uh, in the past I'd haul out some coins out of my wallet and pay at the at the point of sale. But now I simply mm. tap my card. I
1: think um, I actually lost my train of thought there, but uh, I think I, I also prefer using using the card over. I would prefer using it over anything else. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to the limit, though, there is obviously if you go over a limit, you just have to put in your PIN. It just makes the entire process easier. You know, don't have to hand mm. over your card. That person then needs to put in the numbers, and you know, it, it just makes the checkout process so much easier. I
0: think it's safer because there's less chance of skimming.
1: Yeah. Did, did you see though that um, that video that was doing the rounds about uh, a guy that was showing how tap and pay could be kind of used to steal money out of your wallet, out of your back pocket? So I he didn't was. Know. Uh, the, the, so a guy was standing in the back of a shop. Um, this guy was talking to the camera with a terminal. Obviously, they were just showing what can be done. Yeah. The guy standing against the wall was looking at a magazine he had a Bulge. Um, he just put five cents on the machine, walked up to the guy's pocket and <laughs> tapped it on or got close to where the wallet was yeah. and it uh, scanned and obviously made the process go through. But, I mean, it still made a beep. So, you know, in terms of security, I wouldn't be too worried about that kind of thing, um, people stealing my money by walking past me with a, with a credit card machine. Although, it does raise concerns for the tech going forward. You know, If those uh, readers mm. become smaller, mm. you can just bump into somebody and potentially tap their wallet.
0: Uh, yeah. No, I, think it's, yeah. it's, I think it is important to keep these limits on on, on, a, on the service until um, all the possibilities are ironed out because uh, the last thing you but want again, to do is I mean, someone tap, tapping your wallet and next thing, 50,000 Rand goes off your account. Exactly.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean uh, I th- we spoke about this a few times in the past. Um, there's a company called Tranwall that's got this technology that allows you to switch that kind of thing on and off with an app on your phone. And I still don't know why none of the banks locally have rolled that out, because that would eliminate all of these issues. You know, you, you have control over when your card is actually active to allow a payment. Yeah. So, you know, when you out about in public, it's off, and when you go into a shop, you just flip the switch in your app, um, it switches on that, well, it activates a card or at least tells the bank that, okay, now I'm accepting orders on this card. Um,
0: yes. Yes. It just
1: seems logical. I would really love to see it.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm surprised More of the banks Haven't rolled out That sort of On-off functionality I wonder why They haven't
1: Yeah I mean It was in an app And uh, Mm. if anybody Wants to know more About this Just go search On Tech Central For uh, Tranwall The the article was written A few years ago But uh, I've seen A few updates Since and and, uh, The tech is sound
0: Yeah Yeah so I shall report back in our next episode on my adventures in smartphone tap and pay land. Um, hopefully, I managed to get it right. But uh, I'll, I'll enjoy go and, the shopping spree. I will go and talk to George at my local spa and um, and and ask him. He's quite tech savvy, so uh, he's the guy who put the Bitcoin machine in the Bitcoin ATM. Um, so um, it's still there. It's still there. Yeah, yeah. Nice, I actually nice. saw someone someone using it the other day. Uh, oh, cool. So uh, yeah, it's. Um, I, I, I did put two hundred bucks in it the other day, and I was a bit alarmed at the at the charges that that came off. Um, although I think that was um, uh, that may have been charges from Luno as, as I was transferring into my Luno wallet because uh, you can set up your Luna wallet to work with the machine. Oh yeah. Um, so I'm not sure it was the mach- it was um, George um, charging a huge uh, <laughs> commission. On whether, it, whether it was Luno. it may have been the latter, but. Um, but he is quite tech savvy, so I'll ask him uh, for his views. Mm. And uh, was it a-, a
1: transaction fee or what?
0: It was a service charge of some kind. Yeah. Oh,
1: okay, uh, okay. So it wasn't actually currency. It wasn't a fluctuation currency, no, Bitcoin no. currency that was.
0: No, but it was some. It was it was an alarmingly large number, like seven percent of my deposit or something. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, but uh, Bitcoin is doing well. Um, we'll talk a bit about that a bit later in the show. But uh, I'm quite happy with my investments there so far. Let's let's talk a bit about WhatsApp. Uh, You know, this app has become so crucial to communication in South Africa.
1: Yeah,
0: it's uh, probably even more so than SMS ever was, Uh, and people are hungry for it and they need access to it. it. It's it's a platform not just for social communication, but it's a it's a platform for. I mean, I communicate with people on WhatsApp now instead of email. It's it's in some ways mm. it's replacing email communication. It's become an acceptable um, generic platform for messaging, which yeah. is fantastic. Yeah. Um, and I, I talk to a lot of people that way, you know. Um, you know, you need to get hold of a CEO to talk, ask him something. Um, very often, he's in a meeting, so send him a quick WhatsApp, and he'll come back to you in a couple of minutes. Um, so it's a useful tool for journalists as well. Uh, mm-hmm. But but for 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 people who are looking for jobs, um, that sort of thing, it's almost become indispensable to have access to 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 WhatsApp. And if you struggle to pay for data on your phone. Um, you know, if you're sort of constantly switching your mobile data off because uh, you're you worried that uh, your your smart device is going to consume what meagre amount of prepaid data you have, it's a big problem if you're in that mm. um, if you're in that category. Uh, and um, so, I think it's it's quite exciting that the mobile operators are introducing WhatsApp-specific bundles. Uh, to um, encourage obviously encourage people to come onto their networks now MTN announced about a month ago that they um, were uh, increasing the price of their WhatsApp bundle, which was uh, I think one gigabyte of data on WhatsApp for ten rand a month uh, by two hundred percent to thirty rand a month now those don 't sound like uh, big numbers to you and me, but um, I think the difference between ten rand and thirty rand um, you know for someone who might be you know struggling to get three meals a day. Um, is a meaningful amount of money, uh, so I think it was unfortunate that they increased those um, that the price on that bundle by by so much because it is a lifeline for so many people. But Sal C this week clearly um, th- firing a salvo back at MTN and in an attempt to uh, to to bring across users onto its network uh, has announced that they are introducing some new WhatsApp bundles, very g- aggressively priced. So they're offering a one point two gigabyte of data WhatsApp bundle which includes Facebook data. Sure. Uh, for 17 Rand a month. Wow, that's pretty impressive. Which is pretty aggressive, right? And they're also offering, uh, I think it's a 49 Rand a month. They're offering four gigabytes uh, to um, both of those two services. Uh, the, uh, I'm just having a look here. For four, for four Rand, Celsi customers get 80 megabytes of data for use with both WhatsApp and Facebook for 24 hours. While 17 hmm. Rand gets 1.2 gigabytes for 30 days and 49 Rand It's four gigabytes for 30 days. Um, Yeah, those are pretty compelling prices. And if you need to be on WhatsApp, um, 17 rand for a month's worth of WhatsApp. I mean, on WhatsApp, you may be able to burn through that on Facebook videos, but I don't think you're going to burn through 1.2 gigabytes just using WhatsApp.
1: No, no, a lot of. I mean, yeah. I mean, you can send pictures and stuff, and still those won't be too big. no unless you start sharing those videos but large yeah. amounts
0: of video i think for that to get through that but much. i
1: don't think that's a, that's not what's necessarily being done here i mean communication is still the primary yeah um primary use here. and if i look at uh, just other usages and why this has become so popular is is the group aspect and i mean if i look at my local the street group you know keeping everybody informed with what's going on in the neighborhoods and security messages and all those things i mean whatsapp has become indispensable for that that's it's the first time in a long while you've been able to to, to communicate to people in such a direct way using groups in, on an app that everybody kind of just has by default, you know, it's become a generic.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, I, uh, that's what I wanted to say. Uh, Vodacom, I was having a look at their website. You know, they've launched the, these social ticket bundles, uh, which they're advertising everywhere. And I was, I was curious as to, to what they offered on those. So I went and had a look at their website. And they, they provide um, cheaper access uh, through these bundles to various social media platforms like Facebook and Twitter and various others. Uh, mm-hmm. But I was, I was interested to note that uh, none of the social tickets include WhatsApp
1: yeah, that is interesting. I mean, if we look at why MTM pushed up their pricing so much, I mean that was a huge jump, right? Do you, did it, do you think it could have been data-related? Like, okay, well, guys, they, we they said that kind they, of used too much.
0: They said the reason they, they, they did it was because um, they weren't expecting the demand that it created, and it was actually putting enormous pressure on the quality of their 3G network. Uh, they said the three G network is under immense strain, and um, so they they had to push up the price. I, I don't know. If, I don't know if that's just um, uh, an excuse. Um, maybe they realised that um, they could charge more for it, and therefore decided to do so in, in, in the context of the competition that's out there. Yeah. Um, but the the claim was that uh, that, that the three G network was under strain. But yeah, it's a huge. Well, clearly, it
1: clearly cost them. It clearly cost them more than what they bargained for, hmm. or you know, it cost them more. Other it was just on the, the, whether it was a strain on their service or whether it physically just cost them more in terms of you know what people were using their data for. They just the return on their investment wasn't enough.
0: Mm, could be who knows who really knows, but uh, the official version is that uh, the three g network was under strain, and they said they 're investing another two hundred million or three hundred million in their three uh, g network uh, to um, to try and offset some of the impact of the demand for WhatsApp on their network, mm. um, which again just shows you how important the service has become. Um, it also shows you how much how many people are still using the three g network as opposed to the LTE network. Um, I think millions of southern yeah. Americans, um only have three g devices three g smartphones. Yeah. Um, and uh, so that, that network is not going to be switched off anytime soon. I strongly suspect. For sure. Yeah. I'll- I'm
1: I'm having a look at the Vodacom the 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 those ticket, the Vodacom the tickets, So mm. I'm looking at the video ticket here. They've got 100 meg for one hour for five rand. Now this is a video specific package, so it doesn't really include social media and stuff. But for for 400 megabytes, I mean you're not going to be able to do much mm. streaming of any nature, video specifically. I mean like the social stuff 100 megabytes you can understand. You can still do a lot with it. Oh, well, those prices were not see. cheap.
0: You know, they had a one hundred megabyte option which included Netflix.
1: <laughs> yeah, but that's what—that's exactly what I'm talking you, yeah, about. So you, even YouTube. Yeah. I mean, even YouTube scaling to three sixty, maybe you can get a bit more. But hmm. it's yeah, you know, it's it's oh, it's a bit. It's, I don't know. Uh, yeah, it I is, don't
0: understand it. Maybe I don't understand. It, it. it is expensive. It is expensive. Um, but you know, WhatsApp, which I was really intrigued about. What does that tell us? Is is Vodacom terrified of uh, of WhatsApp eroding its voice and? Uh, and SMS business that they don't include it in these social tickets.
1: Mm. Well, it's already kind of eaten away at that SMS section, right? So now yeah. I think maybe that's what MTN also realized. Like, okay, guys, we are maybe losing more on the SMS side. Mm, good point. Um, and that's why we have to – maybe we need to compensate. Maybe that was the reason.
0: Good point, Yeah. Um, but Cell def, definitely trying to step into the gap there uh, that um, MTN might have left behind by hiking those prices, and that's the wonderful thing about a competitive market: is um, one operator does one thing, another op- operator sees an opportunity and jumps in. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, if, if we had a, a monopoly in the m- mobile industry, then um, you know consumers would just have to to lump it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, the, f- the fact that there's four operators in the market um, encourages competition, and so Cell has. Reacted to MTN's move and obviously hoping to win over customers um, So good stuff good stuff uh, But yeah, I, I was intrigued that Vodacom doesn't ha- include what's in in social tickets. I mean It just seems a, mm. bit, a bit bizarre
1: they, they cover every other aspect of any kind of internet usage you would have for apps music players. Yeah social media uh, even video, But that's why the video is so out of place for me. It just doesn't make sense why you would bundle it
0: like that. On a 100 megabyte bundle, yeah. I mean, there, are, mega- there are bigger bundles available, but, uh, you know, I mean, who's going to watch Netflix on a 100 meg bundle? Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. They won't even get you through a one thirty minute comedy show on low quality. Yeah, probably not. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah.
1: Maybe it's just a base option, I guess, to f- to fill in that slot. I
0: don't know. Yeah. Good. Anyway, we need to take a quick ad break for our podcast listeners. For our live listeners, we'll be back right now. Are you a search engine? Because you found me. I feel we have a strong connection. Well, you're pretty fly for a Wi-Fi. Should we drop it like a hotspot and head back to yours so we can show Max and snuggle? Let's get Guga with it. (laughs) Uh, but I don't have fiber. Don't get caught in 50 shades of delay. Broadband your horizons and switch to Vox's super-fast, super-reliable fiber network. Experience the momentum. Connect your world. Visit us at vox.co.za forward slash fiber. Bitco is revolutionizing the way businesses connect How's it, Duncan? Good, thanks. So we were talking a little bit about Samsung's uh, upcoming phones a bit earlier in the podcast. And there's some interesting uh, rumors that are starting to circulate about what might be coming early next year from Samsung. Um, obviously, we're expecting the Galaxy S10 and S10 Plus. But there rumours, that strong rumors, that uh, Samsung is going to introduce something called the Samsung Galaxy uh, X or ten. I'm not sure how you'll pronounce it. If it's Apple-like, it'll be ten, I suppose. Um, and the rumours doing the rounds on on, on various um, websites uh, and, and uh, proper tech, US tech websites, uh, not not uh, fake news sites, is that, um, <laughs> is that the Galaxy X is going to be uh, Samsung's first foldable smartphone.
1: Nice. And I see there's a differentiator from what we know.
0: Yeah, indeed, that's that would represent a um, a step forward. But the question is, why? What would you be able to do with a foldable phone that you can't do with a standard smartphone? I can
1: see a lot of uses for that. I mean, I, I always complain about uh, my Android being just too big, right? It's or any any kind of larger larger than a six inch device. I guess some people, I mean, a lot of people like the big size screen, but putting it in your pocket. it's a problem. Not all pockets are made the same, right? So it doesn't always fit everywhere. And I can only imagine with bigger devices, you know, this will allow you to actually have maybe a 10-inch foldable device that becomes a 5-inch in your pocket or something. I mean, uh, it could be interesting to see what they can do with it.
0: Yeah, the rumor is it's going to have a 4K display and that the display size is going to be rather large. I suppose the idea of having a foldable display is that – you can turn your smartphone into a miniature tablet, uh, a bigger screen device, which you can then watch movies on or consume magazines.
1: Yeah, perhaps. I mean, if you if you fold it sideways, but I I I think the real usage here is um, just storing it and in, in, in putting it in your pocket. Mm. Right. I mean, because I, if I'm looking at the the sketches here for how they fo- how it plans to fold, it's folding inwards like a clamshell. Yes. So I don't know. Well, I don't know if that hinge mechanism, which looks like it could go backwards, because it's got an XY um, little angular arrow section underneath it, so it could go fold the other way. So you can flip it up and just have one side on. Yeah, Um, that could be an interesting use case. And if you if you scale this if you scale this up to a notebook, now you've got that um, dual screen notebook. Or you know, we have two screens, basically two tablets um,
0: on each side. Yeah, I could see a huge impact in the in in the in the in the Laptop market, if if mm. no, although would you really want to tap on a screen to type? Um, I mean, it's no, definitely not. No, that's rather, been proven to be you'd, terrible. You'd rather, <laughs> rather have a a proper tactile keyboard, right? But there's a lot of reasons why you would want that. I mean,
1: still mm. in a in a flip device, a flip large screen mm. device.
0: But I, I could see d- different models emerging here, like um, you know, you know, the the new MacBook Pro has that touch. Um, what do you mm. call it? Touch touch panel? bar. Touch bar at the at above it's the keyboard. Bar, yeah. Imagine the screen came down and then curved gently down towards the keyboard um, and that the screen and the bottom part of the laptop where the keyboard is housed is one. Is one. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. Let's th- make this. It puts a, puts a different twist on um, Samsung. What what was that called? That screen that they brought out a few years ago that was wrapping around the edges? Um, the Infinity Display or something oh, the, like
0: like that. Oh, you mean, but they introduced with the S7, I think, with well, the S6. Yes, yes. Edge-to-edge, yeah, yeah, um, curved edge. Curved to edge, edge. Mm. Yeah.
1: But that's kind of fallen away now, right? So this, I mean, it kind of showed people kind of did like that and what yeah. you can do with that side strip, but this is more practical.
0: No, well, the S8 and S9 still have that curve at the edge. Um, you can still tap at the edge of the screen to bring in menus and stuff. Mm. Uh, but this is, um, I mean, this this is a concept that's, that's, that's completely different. And... Uh, yeah, I mean, if Samsung can bring this to market, it's certainly going to get people talking. Um, I, I'm not sure I'd buy gen, Generation 1 of, of, of such a technology, though it sounds like it's something that could break quite easily.
1: <laughs> well, you never know. Maybe, that, yeah, I mean, you, you'd have to put it through a few stress tests. But I don't think uh, Samsung um, would put something like this. Well, okay, maybe I shouldn't say that when we have got the battery debacle a few years behind us. But <laughs> Samsung wouldn't put something out, I think, that, that wouldn't survive general day-to-day use, especially with a new technology like this. Because this mm. could ruin ruin a company like that if they, if they yeah, mess that, it up.
0: That's true. That's but true. It, does,
1: it, does, it does show what else could be done. I mean, we know a lot of companies develop new tech, and they s- themselves don't quite know what. I mean, Google Glass is one of those examples. Mm. You know, it's, it's kind of a precursor to other technologies and other things that they're working with. So by bringing something like this to market, even if it's one or two consumer models, they'll get a lot of data from how people use it, People on YouTube will have interesting videos on how they use their flip screen and how kind of you know it's it 's different from using any other phone. I think that could be a good play as well because um, if the technology is there, and you can bend a screen hmm. uh, I the think, next thing is to find a use for it
0: i think i'd have to i 'd have to see this technology and play with it before i 'm convinced that um, it makes a hundred percent sense it It sounds exciting and uh, the ability to have a bendable phone sounds awesome but in all practicality, is it something that consumers really want?
1: Yeah, maybe. Look, I mean, if I look at my personal use case with my big phone, if I could fold this thing and put it in my pocket when I go cycle, yeah, it'll make a lot of it'll like, make a lot more sense than having this kind of bulky thing yeah. sitting in my pocket, you know, which is not ideal.
0: Yeah, it's pretty amazing tech, though, if you think about it about what you'd oh, be yeah. doing bending a screen at that sort of angle. Um, there are lots of videos on YouTube already of, of Chinese companies that are experimenting with technology. I was watching one the other day of a, mm, mm. almost a tablet-sized device that, that folded up into a like a small book. And you open it up and it became um, a full screen that you could – like a book, e-book that you could like – Like a proper read, book, yeah. yeah. that you could read and flip through. So, the, you know, the technology is getting there. It's, it's probably almost ready for commercial deployment. But um, mm. uh, how, how groundbreaking it really is going to be in terms of um, the consumer experience – um, okay, have, you not seen have,
1: Blade- see... have you not seen Blade Runner? Have you not seen all those screens and bendy screens in the future? <laughs> this, is where it's, this is where it starts
0: I hate to admit this it, is... but I have not seen Blade Runner um, No, you shouldn't say it's that It's on my to-do list um, uh, Watch I, the original first and then you can do
1: the, the newer remake, obviously
0: I, I, I believe it's a fantastic movie But I, for some reason I've just never watched it um, I, I must rectify that soon Because I believe it's a cult, yeah. cult geek classic The soundtrack also is pretty epic Okay, okay. Um, I believe they're long movies, though, so I'll have to find some time when I've got uh, a large opening. Um, have you seen the the sequel?
1: Uh, yes, I have. It's uh, I enjoyed both of them, but the first one obviously is it's the first one. It was iconic. Yeah. You know, everything about it is just special. The way they did it, the story. Yeah.
0: That yeah, was good. Yeah, yeah. What 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 is it about it that uh, grabs you?
1: Well, it was it was shot beautifully, and like I said, the audio is really great. Uh, this uh, it's that the whole idea of androids, right? And um, kind of this, this top, not dystopian future, but this this future in which we're going to be sharing our lives with them, and what what's going to happen? I mean, I can't well, I actually can't remember the exact plot story.
0: Yeah, um, it's but, been, um, the movie came out a very long time ago.
1: A very long time ago. Yeah, yeah.
0: When was it? The 80s, 70s?
1: No, I think it was it. It was maybe the eighties. I'm sure. Not Actually, sure. we need to we need to Google this. I'll let you. I'll give you an update now.
0: Okay, <laughs> I, uh, I, I will. I will definitely be watching that sometime in the next couple of months, and uh, I'll let you know my thoughts on it because it's eighty two. Yeah, eighty two. Okay, it's one of those. Um, it's one of those cult movies that for some reason I just never saw. I don't know why. Um, I've seen all the many of the other great cult movies from the seventies and eighties, but mm. somehow oh, this, is, well. this, was,
1: this, is, this is what made it good. Was um, the, the storyline basically is about an android that becomes like a real kind, you know. They they've got this. You can't distinguish them from a real person type of thing. So not Siri. Not Siri. Not <laughs> Siri yet.
0: <laughs> One day in the future. I've been having more and more natural language conversations with the Google Assistant. By the way, it's it's um it's really getting good. Um, I uh, I asked it uh, the other day. I was driving down the highway. I I didn't even touch my phone. I just said. Um, Actually I better not say it here Because my phone is next to me I said the wake command for Android uh, For the assistant And uh, then I I said play this band in Spotify And it did it no problem And I didn't have to touch my phone once
1: That's actually a cool use for it Yeah, Because I've been struggling like how would I use it I don't, I mean apart from You know I wouldn't really Find a use for, I guess, maybe I just need to start doing it and seeing if it works for me, but yeah. talking out the things that I need. It yeah. makes a lot of sense to be able to just say something and then it happens. Remind. I, I, I used to use the reminder function, like uh, also activation word, and then please remind me tomorrow to phone or please schedule this meeting tomorrow. Oh, you said that, for that, that all the time. works, remind, works re- well.
0: Remind me at 1 p.m. to do this for example. Yeah, um, yeah, I actually need to get back into that habit. Yeah, I use it all the time and I check I check sort of financial information when I'm driving, you know, often between meetings and I like to keep a close eye on, on tech stocks and other stocks. I like to keep an eye on Bitcoin um, and so I just I just say the activate word and then I, I say <laughs> I say Bitcoin price in dollars or I say Nasdaq share price and it'll read it to me and I don't touch my phone once while I'm driving. Yeah, I mean, I guess it, make,
1: it makes a lot of sense for the way we're starting to use technology to be able to just Uh, say it out in a home environment with a lot of people or in an office environment obviously it's a different thing yes um but i can also see in a home environment where you say you know again tell us the the fact about this thing we were just talking about and as opposed to people just fiddling on their phone trying to find the answer
0: yeah no no it is it is useful and that spotify thing is particularly useful i mean just say say to it something like uh, play pink floyd's dark side of the moon on spotify and it'll do it See, now, that
1: would have been a good one to shout out, so everybody uh, would start playing that immediately.
0: <laughs> absolutely. I was thinking about uh, Dark Side of the Moon, actually, after watching the lunar eclipse on Friday night. Did you, did you have a look at it?
1: Yeah, I did. I, did. I didn't watch the, the – I forget what the word is. I didn't watch the end of it where it goes out of the, the – the, um, Yeah, it was quite late. Out on. of the show, yeah, yeah. Oh. But it was beautiful, absolutely. I mean, the whole run-up to it. And there's been some great photographs online, too, just uh, from all over the world.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's some fantastic local photographs. Did you see the one, uh, the time lapse one over Santon?
1: I didn't see a time. I saw a photo. Oh, you mean the still photograph with the time lapse of the. Yeah, uh, yeah Every yeah, I saw that Thirty one. minutes that was or so. Beautiful, mm, beautiful.
0: Stunning. The Santon in the background, and uh, I saw someone in Durban uh, did a fantastic one over the harbour. Um, I'll share it with you after the show. Cool.
1: Yeah, I stopped trying to take photographs of stuff like this because yeah. <laughs> I don't know the right equipment, and yeah. uh, everybody else is so much better.
0: Well, I, um, I've been messing around with photography and was trying to take pictures of the um, of the moon and uh, messed it up completely. Uh, and um, so I've been uh, doing some further research there, and that's uh, my pick this week. So we'll get to it a little bit later in the podcast. <laughs> um, but let's uh, – well, we've got one more news story we need to talk about, and this one is actually quite I- very interesting. Apple uh, yeah. is uh, talking about – or patented, I believe. Is that right, Rechard? Patented? Um, yeah, patented. Patented. Uh, Technology that will um, allow you to charge your Apple Watch with your iPhone and charge your iPhone with your MacBook, etc. Um, what exactly are they doing?
1: Yeah, so, so they basically want to patent the idea that every one of your devices will be able to charge everything else. So You can literally wirelessly to your your wirelessly, yeah. So you can literally put your watch on your phone, or your phone on your computer, or your phone on your tablet and then it will charge. I mean, it's one of those patent filings that you can see they're doing it because it's a it's a pretty good idea. We know where this wireless technology is going, this wireless charging technology is going. I mean, it's not inconceivable to think uh, in a few years every phone will charge this way, and you probably would never have to plug it in. Imagine how great that would be. So battery life, it, not, it wouldn't really be so much about the actual battery life um, mm. Because it'll be charging the whole time. Yeah. So yeah, you know, this patent filing basically um, shows that they want to. Um, the, it doesn't show it, kind of the insight on what they're planning to do with the technology, but it shows that they want to be able to place a device, um, and they've basically patented um, three uh, or three or four spots on each device, so they've covered yeah. the whole thing. So you can put it on the top, at the bottom, on the uh, on the back, if you want. Yes. Um, it's going to be yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, it makes so much sense, right? I mean, I've often put my phone. Just next to my computer um, yeah. Now if you close your, the lid of your computer Just pop your phone on top It should be able to charge it
0: Yeah, it makes absolute sense And uh, I, I do wonder what, what impact it would have on weight Obviously you when you're carrying mm. a laptop around You want it to be as light as possible I, I'd imagine these, these little wireless charging coils Are probably quite light
1: yeah, I mean the Apple Watch has got it right. So I mean it's very it's very small. It's like a little antenna that just coils up in uh, in the back in the base of the unit or something. So yeah. it it wouldn't be very thick, um, and it will sit so close to the device because it's not going to be charging over a centimeter or two. It's going to be within millimeters from its conductive coil. So it's yes. short range, low. Or I don't know what the power is, but I would assume low power mm. charging.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I've been using wireless charging with my S8 for a long time, and it works incredibly well. I just pop it in the dock on my desk, and my phone is always charged.
1: I mean, there's, there's tech out there in labs that allows you to charge these devices without being close to, you know, the old Tesla the, the Tesla concept where you can send electricity wirelessly anywhere, yeah. um, you know, over over distances. And you know, that's been proven to work, which is even more exciting if you think about it. Imagine having a little unit in your room or in your house. Yeah that just kind of sends a laser beam or whatever it is to <laughs> each device and just charges everything wherever it is.
0: I'm going to come to Rechard's house in a few months and I'll just find a burnt, burnt crisp on the floor, the remains of Rechard as he was experimenting with all this wireless charging technology. <laughs> yeah, like a little burnt match
1: in the corner with all these devices around yeah? At least every one of them will be charged. <laughs> he died having
0: fun. <laughs> <laughs> Well uh, uh, I look forward yeah. to that any we're indication stars, on when Apple might be bringing this to market no, i
1: mean yeah. if they've only filed the patent now I, I wouldn't imagine it'd be out for for maybe another season or two so maybe mm. i would i would imagine maybe, maybe next year. Uh, 2020, yeah, 2020. so 2020.
0: we we probably won't see it in the iPhone this year
1: well, you never know I mean you mm. never know maybe maybe they were far ahead with the technology already
0: yeah maybe maybe. But exciting stuff, and uh, I expect uh, I expect other manufacturers are going to do the same. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. at the moment, Apple introduces its laptops; you'll be sure all the Windows manufacturers do the same, um, especially on their high-end models. But it's uh, it's quite cool, quite exciting idea. Oh, very. Um, just looking at our WhatsApp line here We've got a few messages coming in um, Mohammed asks uh, when we oh Do we have our podcasts on SoundCloud? I'm afraid we don't have them on SoundCloud But uh, we should add them So I will do so uh, So uh, look out for our podcasts on SoundCloud Nice Sooner rather than later uh, And then we've got a message from Who's this from? Johan uh He uh, says Unbreakable plastic screens Also coming to Samsung in future Plastic more bendable
1: um, and probably more affordable too That's actually quite
0: yeah, awesome. Interesting um, I, I, He sent a link here as well I'm not going to click through now uh, But he sent a, a link to the uh, Sam Mobile website um, In which uh, well, the headline seems to be Samsung's unbreakable display versus Gorilla Glass 6 I'll have a read of that after the show um, But uh, certainly there's some Sounds like there's some interesting innovation coming in Display technology over the next couple of years that takes care of our news this week. Let's move on to our uh, regular features. Our winner this week is Bitcoin, which uh, has been surging lately after dipping below $6,000. I think it fell to about fifty-seven, fifty-eight hundred dollars at one point. Um, and I was getting a bit nervous as a new Bitcoin investor. <laughs> but it has <sighs> surged um, in uh, just the last week or two, um, mainly in the last uh, week, I think. And is now trading around the $8,200 level. And t- technical analysts who look at this thing are suggesting that um, the bull, the bull run, might be back. Um, that uh, we there were, there were the bad times for Bitcoin, which uh, you know it really has come off very badly in the first half of this year. From peaking at almost $20,000 in December last year, it fell. Um, it fell by about 70, 70%. Uh, during the course of the first six months of this year, and people were starting to wonder whether this thing is ever going to go up. But um, back up, it seems to be going, and technical an- analysts seem to suggest that um, that uh, it's uh, adopted a more bullish trend and could be targeting the ninety-five, ninety-six hundred dollar level in the short term. So, as an investor in Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies, I'm fort- following this with a great deal of interest. Uh, if it goes back up to two thousand twenty thousand dollars, rather, I will be a very happy person.
1: So your five Bitcoin should be doing quite well then, eh?
0: I wish I had five Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> I have a fraction of a bitcoin. Um, but I've also invested in a range of other cryptocurrencies through uh, BitFund, who I think we spoke about in a previous episode. So I've also invested now in uh, Ethereum and uh, Stellar, I- IOTA. Uh, I forget all the names, but um, it's uh, my biggest exposure is to bitcoin. But I'm investing mm. in the ten biggest cryptos by market value. Uh, which makes it more exciting <laughs> oh
1: yeah oh yeah just, just spread your spread your bits
0: yeah um although they all tend to move together they don't always um so sometimes you'll have one coin that suddenly jumps and the rest of them don't um but yeah um, through the fund i'm uh, with with bitfund about 58 percent of my portfolio is uh, is bitcoin
1: yeah, I would also back, but I mean, it seems like, you know, it is definitely the, the big daddy, the granddaddy of them all.
0: Yeah. Something else may emerge down the line, which is why I was kind of keen on this fund model. Um, you, know, they, uh, you know, if you're exposed to these other ones and they rebalance them every week or every fortnight um, based on the market value. So, um, you know, if one of these things starts to outpace one of the others, your exposure to it grows as well, mm, which I think mm. is a clever idea. And our winner, sorry, our loser this week is uh, one Facebook CEO by the name of Mark Zuckerberg. He lost $15 billion in one trading session this week after Facebook put out financial results that disappointed investors, particularly the um, forward looking statements made by their chief financial officer regarding likely user growth and slowdown in user growth on on the facebook platform so um, the share price took an absolute walloping i think it fell by something like 19 or 20 percent in one trading session this week and that n- that knocked 15 billion dollars of mark zuckerberg's wealth in in a single trading session but don't cry for him he's still a very 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 rich man um uh, i think he's the fourth or fifth richest in the world uh, still even after this massive knock that he took this week um, but um, a bad bad week at the office for Mark Zuckerberg, hmm. w- without a doubt. <laughs> it
1: also just shows you all these social networks that we love so much. I mean, they really are about the bottom dollar. I mean, if you look at a, f- a company like Facebook, they've got almost every person on earth. And um, when they just basically say, oh, we, we're just struggling to get the last few hundred people on planet earth, <laughs> um, <laughs> investors say, no, that's not good enough. Um, Yeah, you're going to be penalised.
0: Yeah, they've got. I think their latest um, active monthly active users sitting at something like 2.3 billion people, which is yeah, I think that's over a third of the planet, if my maths is correct. Maybe around about a third of the planet. Yeah, Uh, ridiculous. And it's something something like 60 or 70 percent of um, all people who are online are on Facebook.
1: Look, it's a fantastic service. I still use it daily because it it mm-hmm. it adds a lot of value to what I need to do and and just staying connected with people.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure.
1: And and there's a surprising amount of money to be made on Facebook. It's absolutely ridiculous. I don't know how. I'm I'm not there yet, but there is a lot of money to be made on Facebook. Whether you you're doing marketing for it or um, creating content for it. Yeah, it's you know there's a lot of there's a lot of opportunity there.
0: How do you make money through Facebook? Through through advertising in videos or.
1: You can get a lot of reach. Yeah, I mean, yeah. so any small business can really reach a, a, the exact target audience. Most businesses, you know, have customers that are Facebook users. I mean, there's very few companies you can say, yeah, probably Facebook wouldn't work for them, um, especially in the retail side. You know, yeah. when you're buying and selling stuff.
0: Oh, um, I see. You mean using Facebook as an advertising platform to drive revenue?
1: Well, yeah, using as ad, but also, you know, on the other side of it, just being being a voice on there. If if you start getting a lot of, it's it's a good. Uh, Exposure tool—that's probably the best word. Yeah, because everybody—you can reach everybody with it, and it's great exposure.
0: I'm still using all these social networks, and I I do look at them every day. But I'm posting a lot less than I used to. I I uh, use—I still have TweetDeck open on a dedicated monitor here in the office, Mm. and I watch um, Twitter—not all day, but I I watch it uh, a good chunk of the day. And um, but I don't post as much as I used to. And uh, on on Facebook, I'm posting very—I find myself posting very little. Uh, I'm still consuming. Seeing what other mm, people are doing, mm. but I, uh, I'm not posting so much myself. I'm, I'm not sure the reason for that. Um, um, maybe I'm just getting older, and I don't want to share my private stuff with people.
1: <laughs> well, that's that is that is it. I mean, there's a lot of things you don't want to share unless you want to be part of a voice. So in my in, in my case, for example, there's often things that I want to share, whether it's a story or whether it's a photo. There's there's like there's always like a, I just want to put it out into the world whether I want to share it with friends or uh, from a business point of view share this. Important piece of information. It doesn't happen often, but when I do post something, you know, I try and make it something you know that's adding to a, to a, a good storyline already or to a good uh, timeline already, rather than being like so many of these people posting to social media just an yeah. absolute waste of time. Yeah, yeah. Although Twitter is still very good. I love Twitter. Yeah,
0: I, I, that's my favourite platform as well. It's just um, the quality of generally, if you're following the right people, the quality of conversation mm. on there is generally, generally quite good. Um, but you it's do. always
1: been about the people. That's why it's good yeah. because you you know if if you follow quality yeah. contributors, that's what you said.
0: Yeah, I, I always do wonder about uh, people who complain that Twitter has become a, a cesspool and uh, how can you even go in there? It's just people sniping at each other, etc., etc. And. You know, you kind of scratch your head and say, "Well, why are you following them? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> why are you contributing? Them. Unfollow yeah. them. Follow people who don't do that." Um,
1: and using something like TweetTech, you can easily hide things that you. So, if you don't want to, I mean, if people tweet at you, you can very easily not be bothered by that.
0: Yeah, I'm, I use the mute function um, all the time. I don't yeah, like to. Yeah. I don't like to ban people or block them. But uh, mm. um, if if I if I see things that are uh, you know that are bugging me, and getting in my way, I just tend to mute people, uh, which I find is quite powerful. Yeah. Sometimes you don't want to uh, uh, unfollow someone because you might hurt their feelings, and so I'll just mute them. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is a new worst trend in
1: social media. Like, you see this often. You get followed by people, and then what they expect you to do is you follow them back, and then they unfollow you. So they build their followers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they mute you. It's, it happens all the time, yeah. Well, no, no, yeah, well, yeah, it doesn't. But they unfollow you without a doubt so you are often find guys follow and then unfollow within a few days yeah
0: that's why on Twitter when you when you look at someone's profile and you can see they've got a hell of a lot of followers and uh, they're following a lot of people and they've got a lot of followers it's um, yeah, it's probably exactly. not genuine
1: I mean I try and cut a little every now and then just kind of things that I Businesses that I don't want to follow anymore. People that like I, you know, I don't want to listen to them anymore. Whatever. Mm. Um, but you know, you can do it quite successfully with maybe a thousand people or two thousand, but four hundred thousand people. There's no, no ways way you can no way effectively have a you
0: know good Twitter experience. No ways, no ways, not at all. Um, I suppose you could create lists and just follow those lists. But um, you know, following that many, following I find following more than about four hundred and four hundred and fifty people on Twitter is you, you just can't keep up. Um, yeah. and I, I regularly go through my uh, followers' list and cull people um, once a year or so i just look 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 at who i 'm following yeah. and um and you know if, if i don 't find them interesting I'm, i I have no qualms about unfollowing them Yeah, exactly no no you have to do that um, if they 're a friend of mine obviously i won 't do that but um but if i if i 'll go through the list and you know i haven 't seen this person tweet in mm. ages you know unfollow Well, i see um, i see uh, um, you know They've been tweeting rubbish Then I just unfollow them mm. You have to do it Well it
1: happens Yeah But it happens often I mean you, you like Or you follow somebody Because you like a line of things That have happened mm. um, And after a while It just becomes less relevant to you And you know You just change it up it's, Nobody should take offense to that I mean that's just yeah. silly
0: Yeah Although I noticed some people on Twitter um, have a services installed that will alert them when someone unfollows them. So occasionally I get a message saying, hey, I feel hurt because you've unfollowed me. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it's happened a couple of times.
1: <laughs> well, make your Twitter timeline interesting. I mean, if I don't want to read Heisgrunet magazine, I wouldn't subscribe to it. Yeah. You know? So yeah. it's exactly the same thing. <laughs>
0: people, people people, are funny sometimes.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: let's uh, let's move on yeah. to our picks of the week. What have you got this week, Rahab?
1: So I've been uh, for the first. Okay, well let me let me back let me backdate the story. My first encounter uh, with Fujifilm digital cameras was when I was working in a camera shop in the '90s, and Fujifilm just launched. They were one of the first guys to bring out digital cameras, and those things were absolutely incredible. Um, they were little square like square like cameras, and they just they were just the first digital cameras that really worked well, in my opinion, and I loved using them moved 20 years on and now it's the first time I've played with a Fujifilm camera since then and this is the X-H1 mirrorless camera so it looks like a a DSLR like the camera the big cameras we all know and love but it's a little bit thinner quite a bit smaller and it's mirrorless uh, which essentially means there's no prism on the inside that bounces the light that's coming through the lens it's going straight onto the sensor so it's a full digital camera in a digital era um, it gives it quite a lot of benefits, obviously, in what you can do, how you can take photographs, the quality of them. Um, it's, it's a great all-round camera. Now, this is a high-end device. The body goes for around 30,000 rand. So it's, it's mm-hmm. not an entry-level camera. But I was using it for video this week, and I was absolutely blown away by the quality. Now, it can shoot 4K. It's got all the high, high-resolution specs that you imagine. 24 megapixel photographs. Um, it can do up to 14 frames a second, 4K wow. movie shooting. And it's got some really nice motion features. Um, 14 frames. Uh, for, for,
0: for, still photos at 14 frames per second. Yeah,
1: 14 frames per that's second. That's fast. That's
0: very yeah, fast.
1: Yeah. Um, and it can do decent slow-mo, not at 4K. Obviously, if you drop it down to 1080, you can get a nice slow-mo at about 60 frames, 60 or 80. I stand to be corrected. I don't know if that's, usually that's that 60. front of me now. It's usually 60. Yeah. yeah, it's usually 60. Um Overall, I really like this camera. I'm still in two minds whether I would switch away from a DSLR. I don't know why. Maybe I need to play with this more just to kind of – because it does work a little bit differently to a camera that you are used to. Just
0: Just explain the difference between a DSLR and a mirrorless camera and why I would consider one over another.
1: Okay, so like I said, the mirrorless – so a traditional DSLR camera or traditional camera like we've seen for the last 100 years, with a, a camera with a lens that snaps on. Um, the lens uh, – the light comes through the lens There's a, um, and then it hits a mirror at the back. It used yeah. to be a prism in the old film cameras, but uh, it hits a mirror at the back um, that then flips up to hit your film or hit your sensor mm-hmm. um, behind the mirror. So that is that 's the sound you hear that 's when the mirror flips up, and that 's how the sound uh, the, the light gets through to your to your sensor with a mirrorless camera you don 't have that so it, you, you, you're basically your light goes straight onto the sensor now there 's a lot of reasons why that is good and why that is bad i mean it's it 's just a new technology um, that 's eliminating a mechanical feature in a body so there 's obviously wear and tear issues that is, has got a lot of benefit to why you would want to go mirrorless but in today's day and age, it really is about the technology and moving into something that's, I mean, you, you, you can't really comp- if you compare photographs taken with a DSLR and compare ca- uh, photographs taken with mirrorless, you're not going to be able to tell the difference. They're not going to give you a different, um, unless the camera's got specific features that, you know, obviously allows it to, to do something cool with uh, that photograph. Like this Fujifilm's got specific film. So because it's Fujifilm's got the Heritage 35mm cameras, they've got film profiles so that, you know, that gets applied to certain photographs. So you can say if you want a specific film look, um, and they are pretty cool, I must say. So, in terms of technology, DSLRs is, is just an old technology um, when you compare it to mirrorless, which eliminates that moving part. And you, you've got a lot of benefits with it in terms yeah. of specifications and what, especially with video. This yeah. it, it just it just is much better for video because you don't have a, a moving shutter that has to go up the whole time. Um, you know that could fail mm-hmm. after hours and hours and hours of usage not that it happens often but it's still a mechanical part in a digital world
0: so does mirrorless eventually replace dslr or will they both coexist
1: depends on i guess it's, it depends on what the consumer says right if there's still going to be a demand for dslr which there definitely is um i don't think it'll go away soon yeah. but like with any new technology you know a lot more brands are bringing out mirrorless um, you, it, it, there's like another another big benefit of this is stabilization. So this Fuji Films, for example, has got uh, like, uh, I think it's like a five uh, five-axis in-body stabilization, so that sensor physically uh, balances itself out in comparison to the movement that you're doing. Mm-hmm. If mm-hmm. that makes sense, so that really, so I can walk around this with this camera and shoot video, and it'll be. I'm not saying it'll be stabilized like you would get with like a DJI gimbal, mm-hmm. but it, it will be really good. So for those kind of purposes, a lot of video guys are using mirrorless because it, it's just so much better um, for so many so many more video applications. It's just purpose better purpose built for for okay. video applications. Okay. Um, but really, you have to go out and check and see if, if you like that kind of thing. That, you know, I still like that that sound and the feel of the shutter. Um, it's a bit of an old school thing, I guess. I presume I've got mirrorless
0: no- are lighter as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, look, not really lighter because you've got the lens is still a big part of the weight. That's the glass, really. If you yeah. just weigh the body, it could be a little bit lighter, um, but it's not really the, the, the. It's thinner, definitely. So if you compare it, if I put this next to any other camera, you'll, this is this is much thinner mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. because it doesn't have to have that that mirror in there to bounce uh, to bounce the light up to your to viewfinder.
0: Okay. Interesting. I'm interested in this whole subject because I've just recently bought a a new camera, a DSLR, and I didn't even (laughs) consider mirrorless as an option (laughs) because I didn't even think of it. But, um, um, you know, I had a DSLR before, so I thought i will get another DSLR. I'm very happy with the thing. It's it's fantastic. But um, before I made the purchase, I didn't even think mirrorless as an option, and maybe I should have.
1: So, yeah, look, it's it's interesting to explore, and I think uh, I'll I'll definitely arrange one for you to play with. Um, like I said, you know, it's there's no right and wrong here. It's like what yeah. you want to play with and what do you want to use it for. Yeah. Um, DSLR is still it's still a lot of fun because it's just built on this. It's, the technology's been around for so long. I mean, yeah. That, yeah. that that yeah. process, the DSLR, yeah, the, the single lens reflex um, angle to it. So um, yeah, as long as you're happy shooting, that's if, even your cell phone would be good enough, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, absolutely. sorry, this
1: Fujifilm X-H1, it's uh, about 30,000 Rand for the body only. The lens that I've got is a 16-55. to 55. Um, I don't have the price for that on me, but um, Fuji, Fujinon lenses, and they are absolutely spectacular. I've got some videos that I shot with it, and I'll share it over social, on social media. So Fujifilm
0: uh, has its own custom mount, does it?
1: Yes, yeah, yeah. All of these guys. Too. Oh God! So you're not going to be able to. Yeah. You can get adapters and stuff, but I wouldn't wouldn't go there.
0: Yeah, no. I'm 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 very much stuck in the Nikon world because I have a bunch of Nikon lenses. So um, whenever I get a new DSLR, it's okay. Which Nikon am I getting next? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I see, and that's how they get you. That's yeah, how Apple gets you too. Uh, I see there was a bit of controversy actually uh, just over the last uh, week or two. Nikon announced a new high-end mirrorless camera, and they announced that they would be using a different mount, not the standard F mount that. Um, most Nikon cameras use and the user, the, the Nikon community was outraged mm, I can imagine, <laughs> look I can also
1: understand at some point, depending on what the reason is bad, but you do need to make a tech change if it betters the product, right? So if, mm. if there is a new mount required but yeah, the yeah. F mount's been around since I mean you can still buy one of their first cameras an old manual film camera and put a new lens on it and yeah. vice versa yeah.
0: yeah, It's fantastic So you have a bonus pick this week as well
1: uh, yes, I do. And I actually, what was it again? Why did I forget my bonus pick? Lego! <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes, sorry, sorry. The Lego store opening. How did I forget that? And I was playing with a little figurine in my hand here. Um, so South Africa's first official Lego certified store has opened, uh, opening Santon City. Obviously, where else do you go if you're a, a premium toy brand? But, um, now that uh, they, apparently Lego, Lego South Africa has been around for a while, but now that they've got, they've got now official, uh, a store presence with licensed products, and what this means for Lego fans is that there'll be uh, lots of exclusives, um, lots of first stuff that'll come there before anybody else, and they will have, you know, just a lot of other, a lot of fun things to do. Like one of my favorite things um, at the launch of the show, it was on Thursday, was the minifigure stand. So you know, the little Lego minifigure that's taken on a life of its own. Um, no, I don't. I know the,
0: nothing about Lego. You know either.
1: nothing about it. Nothing wow. at all. Okay, so <laughs> let me educate you. Lego, you know, Legos are building blocks, but the minifigure that they bundle bundled with it—you see these things on the side of the box—it's just a little figurine, um, yellow head, various body types. That they are—I actually had an interview um, with Rob, the the one of the co owners for the Yellow Brick Company, the company behind um, this new store, and that podcast will be up later this week. And he actually said that there are more minifigures in the world than there are people, and that's an official stat, what? apparently. Good grief. Good so, cream. yeah, the, my, my favorite thing about the shop is the minifigure stand. So you can go in there. They've got all the parts in this a nice little um, box, and you just basically go around, pick a head, pick a body, pick a torso, pick accessories, and you can build three of them for 99 Rand. I mean, it is, <laughs> as a Lego fan, that is really cool. And I've got a, probably about 20 or 30 figures myself, and, you know, you just kind of collect them over the years. And yeah. it's nice to to have a place to go to, to do that. So, I mean, if you're a Lego fan, definitely worth checking out. They've got the entire range. They don't have all the sets. But they seem to be quite, um, quite keen on dealing with fans and talking to fans. If people want stuff, if people want to get hold of things, you know, yeah. just go talk to them. They seem to be wanting to get involved.
0: So um, knowing nothing about Lego, um, if, if you're a South African Lego fan and you, you wanted to buy Lego previously, uh, where would you get it from? Did you have to go to a regular toy store? And does the, yeah, so I mean, you know, can
1: get it very easy in South Africa. It's not like there's a shortage by any means. Yeah. Um, the, a lot of shops sell them. Um, and it, it's it's already got a very good user base. I actually, you know, once these stores start rolling out more, I'm sure we'll some of these stores might suffer suffer a bit because uh, why would you want to go anywhere else if you can go to the official store, right? Yes. They seem to be quite competitive with their pricing. I haven't compared it uh, kind of shop by shop. I actually should actually go and look at that. But they seem to be quite competitively priced. But I think it's it's, again, one of those things where where would you want to buy your Lego from? Just a random toy store, unless you know the toy store, or do you want to go to the source and just mm. kind of get it from the geeks that, that made it. <laughs>
0: um,
1: but yeah, yeah, yeah Lego is no, pretty pretty easily available. Look, the, the benefits of obviously the shop is, like I said, you know, you get a few extra exclusive, which is always great. So with launch, they've got a, the new Bugatti Veyron, which is an absolutely beautiful Lego Techniques. Um, and this thing costs about 6,500 Rand. And as a Lego fan, I can totally, totally try and justify that. <laughs> Should I have that spend free? Yeah. Um, I'd rather have, have the
0: original Veyron.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah but that won't be six and a half thousand rand i can assure you <laughs> um the star wars sets are obviously the most popular um it's been the most popular it's one of the sets that's actually saved one of the it's a franchise that saved lego um from almost near bankruptcy interesting it's it's just taken on i mean there's 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 an entire story there's a documentary on lego that's well worth checking out actually mm-hmm. um but yeah that is the lego store opening i would definitely go down and check it out and uh, buy some set If you've got kids, they've got a fantastic range of, you know, the mm-hmm. the, the the duplo and the, the other type of things for mm-hmm. for younger Lego fans. And they also sell other stuff that's not Lego, um accessories, stuff to put your Lego in, figure figure holders, yeah. I mean anything Lego related, they're still gonna have cell phone covers as well, so you can put Lego onto your the back of your <laughs> cell phone. Which I will totally do. I can totally see that being a thing.
0: What that make your phone very bulky it's a
1: Lego, you know, if you can put some Lego figurines on the other mind.
0: <laughs> All right, enjoy. I will not be going to that store. <laughs> My- Come on, you know you want to go check out. My pick this week is sticking with the photography theme uh, i 've decided to take my photography more seriously you know i 'm really one of those uh, guys who who bought a DSLR many years ago and uh, basically doesn 't know how to shoot much more than uh, putting it into P mode and uh, hitting the button. Um, mm. so I really want to understand what the uh, the A and the s and the M on my camera do as well and to to really start to learn how to um, program um, the shutter speeds and uh, all the rest of it and to take proper photography depth of field. Uh, take images of the night sky and all that sort of thing and make f- make photographs that are really good. So I've decided I'm going to invest the time to learn uh, digital photography properly so that I can take great photographs. Nice. Uh, so I've um, I've came across this guy called Tony Northrup. I don't know if you've heard of him, Rehat. He's a, an American. No. He's an American professional photographer who's written a series of books and he does tons of videos on YouTube um, about digital photography. And he's absolutely brilliant. You know, I bought the as I mentioned, i bought the Nikon D500, and he does a half hour introduction to the to the camera. It was super, absolutely superb. He uh, nice. he does it so well, and in 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 a way that. You know, it isn't dumbed down. You have to watch the video several times to, to really pick up everything because it's so dense with information. Yeah. Um, but he does it in a way that, um, that someone who's a relative amateur when it comes to photography can understand and, and start to get into and learn quickly. So I had a look at the guy's website. Um, he, uh, his wife and his wife Chelsea and him um, have produced a, a number of books. Uh, video books so they they're um, they e-books and so you can get a, a, a print version if you really want but um they 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 send you a file that you can open up in the Kindle app on your iPad or open on your Amazon Kindle nice um and uh, I've started going through these. They're fantastic books, um, and they they linked, as I said, to tons of tons of video. You know, each book has about 12 or 14 hours of video that you can watch. So as you're going through the book, you click a button and watch a video associated with that chapter um, where he goes through and explains exactly how it works with the camera and what you can do. Nice, nice. So um, he's got a bundle on his website, which is currently on sale, for $56. Um, works out to about, I guess, 750, 750 rand or so. Uh, Of four books, uh, which includes access to all the videos. So um, his his most famous book is something called How to Create Stunning Digital Photography. Uh, That's that's the um, the the one of the books that comes in this bundle of four books. But also there's a um, there are two books uh, on on Adobe products. So there's one on Lightroom. Creative Cloud, um, specifically aimed at photographers. Obviously, Lightroom is a photographic product. And, mm. uh, and then he's done a book on Photoshop uh, for photographers. And I've started going through that Photoshop book. And just in the first 10 pages, I've learned more uh, about Photoshop than I've learned f- just fiddling around with the software myself over the last 10 years and nice. what you can do with nice. it. Um, it's, it's unbelievable how powerful Photoshop is. And I've only just started to delve into this book.
1: Oh yeah, Photoshop is beyond. It's one of my favorite <laughs> applications of all time without
0: yeah, a doubt. It's fantastic. And this book will uh you know, even if you're um a Photoshop pro, you're going to learn new stuff reading this book. And then the last book in the bundle is is um is uh, his guide to buying cameras, lenses, tripods and flashes. Um, uh, I haven't looked at that book yet, but um, I've gone through some of the other books, and it's well worth fifty-six dollars uh, f- um, for uh, for, our, for hours. But I think it must be at least forty or fifty hours of training videos here, plus a ton of um, of reading material, um, which will, if, as he claims in the front of the book, um, take you to from an amateur to a professional photographer once you've completed it all, all and mastered the the subject in full. Um, but i can highly recommend it i haven't gone th- finished going through them yet but uh, the m- amount i've learned already just reading through the first few chapters of some of these books uh, has justified the 56 dollar price tag
1: nice and lightroom i would also highly recommend i mean the first thing i would recommend anybody do is learn how to use a camera then shoot raw and then use lightroom because yeah. with raw raw, raw uh, shooting in raw um, and using lightroom you get you can do so many incredible things and really bring out so many beautiful colors in your photograph, yep. photographs. And that's how the professionals do it. Yeah. And then also presets. Presets, I'm sure they'll cover it in the book, but presets is the tool to use. Um, and you can buy a lot of great presets, and then fiddle from there. It's just yeah. Uh, yeah. a great way to get hold of, photo- uh, to get better at photography. I love it.
0: Yeah, now, I've already started shooting in RAW, um, and I'm um, I'm slowly learning my way around uh, shutter speeds and aperture settings and ISO and all the rest of it. Um, but my attempt at photographing the moon on Friday night uh, during the lunar eclipse was <laughs> a spectacular failure. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but listen, yeah, you, you should never feel ashamed to push it to P and just to get a shot out. Eh?
0: Yeah. Yeah, uh,
1: especially especially once you as as you're learning. I mean, it, I only started shooting uh, full manual, and I've been shooting since school days. I, so at school I shot manual, but I've, uh, since digital I only shot manual again probably five years ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, every. T- and up until then, for the last 15 years, before that, it was just on P mode because with digital you could do it and you could yeah. push it quite nicely.
0: Yeah, that's what I did with my old camera was just use P mode, but I want to learn how to use all of the settings. No, for sure. More. No, it's definitely better mm. if you can do it, but uh, sometimes you just need to get that shot. Mm. Interestingly, in, uh, in, in the introduction to uh, stunning digital photography, Tony Northrup writes that he shoots most of his photos in aperture priority mode, uh, which I thought was interesting.
1: Yeah, because that I mean allows him to really because he's obviously focused on depth of field. So for him, yeah. it's more important to quickly set that than and the camera is clever enough to know what uh, shutter speed needs to use once yes. you've set in your. Yeah, but I mean, if you know your camera controls, to be honest with you, and you know once you know the result of a photograph you've shot, so you know what it looks like at this and this and these uh, settings. Switching them with those two controllers on your camera light is, is pretty straightforward. Mm. So it, it can be done. Yeah. It's just a bit of practice.
0: Yeah. yeah, practice makes perfect. I think the more you, the more you play, the, the more you learn. and the, it, It's almost um, muscle memory that has to kick in after a while, right? Uh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Mm. And that was one of the biggest things for me with testing this Fujifilm camera. It took me a few days just to get my head around the new way of using it. Yeah. Um, and that's probably the biggest thing that puts people off from using a new camera is, oh, I don't know how to use this. You mm. just need to… Learn it. Mm. Mm. And these un- books are great. It, to check them out. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly.
0: Yeah, I can highly recommend them. Um, even if you're uh, maybe not the you know the one of the world's top pro photographers, you probably won't learn anything from this. But I think anyone who's, who's amateur or even an intermediate photographer or someone aspiring to be pro will learn something from these books. So I think that's almost our show, Rehat. Um, before we close out with your song pick this week, uh, let's do yeah. our uh, let's do our quiz. First question Which bank has said it will allow customers to trial Samsung Pay in South Africa ahead of its commercial launch? And that is ABSA.
1: Second question Intel shares fell sharply this week after it delayed the introduction of what? And the answer there is microprocessors using 10 nanometer technology. And they am catching up here. That's unfortunate.
0: Yeah, and they're uh, struggling more and more to adhere to Moore's Law, aren't they? Uh, it's getting more yeah. and more difficult the smaller and smaller they go. The shares of two social media companies took a battering this week over investor fears about their ability to continue growing user numbers. Who are they? And uh, those companies are Facebook and Twitter
1: fourth question Ultron this week concluded the sale of which legacy business and the answer is PowerTech Transformers and And no that is not the robotics uh, robots (laughs) I didn't even think of that (laughs) Um,
0: and the last question in this week's quiz what exciting discovery was made on Mars this week and the answer there a large liquid lake of water below the southern pole which has scientists excited about the possibility that it may contain life
1: we are living in such an exciting time, man. I cannot wait to hear what they've found underneath the, I'm the sure, atmosphere. There. I'm
0: sure NASA is going to be sending up a probe uh, in the next couple of years to, to dig under the ice and find out what's in that water. Can't wait unless
1: Elon gets there first. Unless Elon gets there first, yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> true.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. that car like uh, that car already made a spin past there.
0: Eh? <laughs> I think uh, Elon's getting himself to all sorts of other trouble these days. Well, the looks of it, uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think he needs to get himself off Twitter somehow. Um, so we last week we introduced a new feature on the show where we uh, pick a song at the end of the show. Just something that uh, could be something new, it could be something old. Just something that's grabbed our attention this week. And uh, I played a bit of Pineapple Thief. Uh, for the inaugural event last week And Rechat, you're going to uh, select something this week What have you got?
1: So the song I've got is uh, by a beautiful band Called The Fabulous Thunderbirds A fusion of blues and rock and roll type of uh, sound And the song is called Powerful Stuff And uh, it's, yeah, it's been around for a while And it's just one of the songs that's from, from a young kid It's just been one of my favorite rock tunes That I would start anything with So I thought sort it of was quite apt that uh, For the first, this would be the pick
0: Fantastic! So we'll uh, we'll play out on uh, the play out the show to, uh, today with the fabulous Thunderbirds. I love the name of that band, and yeah. uh, and as always, uh, if you've got any feedback before we get to the music, uh, our um, WhatsApp number, if you don't know it by now, is oh seven one triple nine double one double one, and info at Tech dot co dot za is our email address and Christoph Linda thank you for your uh, email this week Um, I meant to get to it during the show today but we'll uh, we'll touch on it next week you wanted to you had some questions around uh, set top boxes for TVs Um, we'll uh, talk about that in some more detail in our next show but from Rechard and myself until next week enjoy the tunes and cheers ciao ciao